good morning again. There we go. After, after the series that we've just had and everything that uh, Pastor George has touched on, um, I just I felt this title was appropriate. This morning we're going to be talking about relationships. And I've bounced this off a couple of people throughout the last couple of weeks. And when you say relationships, typically you think about husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, things like that. Yes and no, that's not what we're talking about. I'm going to be talking about relationships, one-on-one, personal, intimate relationships with God and with people, and the importance of it. And this actually was born out of a, a, um, a talk that I had to give at my business group. And I had a complete slideshow ready to go, and the night before, I ditched the whole thing because it just came to me is that in business, along with my business life, my personal life, and my spiritual life, what we do, and, this, and I'll give you a, a quick precursor of what I told our business group, is that all of our small business people, and I'm talking people along, you know, cross spectrum of, uh, of different types of industries, no matter what business you're in, it's not new. It's, nobody does something new. You know, me, I'm a cook. A lot of people cook. We got people that are in insurance. A lot of people sell insurance. <laughs> we got people that sell houses. There's a whole bunch of them that sell houses. It's nothing new. People come to you. People are going to come see you. People are going to come back to see you if you build relationships with them. And that's, that's one thing that's just super important to me. As you know, I love to talk. <laughs> I love to get to know people. And... Knowing people helps me do everything that I do. So we're going to be talking about relationships today. And first and foremost, if you're going to have relationships, you have to first have a relationship with God. That's what we were created for. Each and every person in this room, we were created to have a relationship with God. And if you doubt that, let's go back to Genesis. And this is in Genesis 3, 8, 9. And this is just one thing I want to talk about. It says, Then man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said, Where are you? So here in Scripture, we see that before sin was introduced into the world, God's creation, us, God stepped out of heaven and walked the earth to commune with His creation. He walked in the garden in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve to talk with them, to be with them. He built relationships with His creation. And he had a, we had a one-on-one, able-to-look-God-in-the-face relationship before sin was introduced into the world. <clears throat> so, from the beginning of time, from the beginning of creation... That's been God's plan for us and Him all along, is to have a one-on-one, I love you so much, I want to be with you all the time relationship. That's been God's design for each and every one of us. But, we messed up. We ate the wrong fruit. And sin was introduced into the world. 
Well, we know that God is a God of holiness. He cannot be in the presence of sin. So God could no longer or would no longer. He can do whatever he wants. He would no longer walk the earth and commune with us one on one because of sin in our lives, because of sin on the earth. That makes sense. Now, we blew that one, didn't we? OK, so but God didn't stop there. God didn't say, OK, you messed up. Boom, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to I'm going to do something different. No. What did he do? He kicked them out of the garden. They could no longer have that one on one FaceTime with God. But he still loves his creation. and He made a way for him. And all throughout Scripture, you see where God has always made a way to have that relationship. In the Old Testament, it was through the law of Moses. In the Old Testament, it was with the, with the tabernacle and the temple, where the Holy of Holies, where God would sit down in that place, in that holy place that was sanctified and by the blood of, of sacrifices. Blood that didn't do away with sin, but blood that covered up the sin for that period of time. So, I want to take you to how people are with their relationship with God. And we're still in the Old Testament. Where am I at? There I am. And we're going to go to 1 Samuel with the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel decided that they wanted to do something a little bit different here. So I have to look back this way because we have a whole bunch of stuff and I can't see it there. So it says, but when they said, they said, this is their, Israel's talking to Samuel. And they said, give us a king to lead us. This displeased Samuel, so he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to, to you. It is not you hate they have rejected, it is me. They have, done, they have done this from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so that they are so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. So Israel is saying, well, everybody else has a king. We need a king. And God is saying, am I not enough? Have you not seen me do miraculous things? Have you not seen me lead you out of Egypt through the wilderness, bring you into this land, open this land up and let you prosper in it? I've done all those things for you, but now you say you need a man to lead you? They're forsaking their relationship with God. God who this, this, these people have seen God do everything that they could ever imagine and then some. I mean, I don't know about you, but if, uh, if I saw God open the sea up and let me walk through on dry ground, I'm going to pay attention. He didn't do that once, but twice. He opened, the, he opened up the rivers to let them cross into, into uh, the nation of Israel. <clears throat> Along with that, God was with them as they drove out the inhabitants that were there so that they could occupy the land that God had given them. But God was giving them a warning here. He's saying, okay, I'm not enough. Let me tell you what's going to happen to you if you break your relationship with me. There we go. And here's what God told Samuel to tell him. Blah, blah, blah. He said, this is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. God has already laid down what the rules are. But he's saying, okay, you want someone else to take over? You want to you have someone else be in charge? Here's what they're going to do. 
He will reign over you and will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve in his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and others to plow his ground and to reap his harvest, and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will then take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it all to his officials and, and attendants. Your male and female servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys, he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks and yourselves and you will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out for, for relief from the king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you on that day. God is saying, okay, we have a relationship now. This is what we have now. Have I not been doing a good enough job? Are you not successful? Are you not safe? But you see what all these other nations around you, they, they have their own kings, but you think you have to have one. I'm going to give you one. But be warned, this is what he's going to take. And you're going to have to give it up. <clears throat> and it always amazes me with the people. Of I get a kick out of it. And I've talked about it before. How many times has God got to slap these folks down and say, listen, what you're doing is not right. I'm going to give you a warning. This is what will happen. If you don't follow what I'm telling you. And I'm, I'm going to follow and do what I've always promised you I'm going to do. Okay? So then he gives them all these warnings. God is still going to demand the things that he's demanded of us. A tenth of our time, our tithes and everything like that. But he said, okay, now I'm going to put somebody in charge of you. He's going to take another tenth. And along with that tenth, he's going to take your people. He's going to take your property. He's going to take your animals. He's going to take all this other stuff from you. And essentially, you're going to become his slaves. You will not have a relationship with him. You will have a slave master relationship. Is that what you want? Okay, but here we go. The people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said... We want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us who will go out before us and fight our battles. When Samuel heard that all the people said this, he repeated it before the Lord and the Lord answered, listen to them and give them a king. So here, all you parents in the room, here we have the very first recorded incidents of a parent saying to their child, if everybody else jumped off a bridge, would you? And these idiots said, yes, I'm going to. They said, this is what we want. We want a man to lead us because all of the victories you've given us, all of the salvation you've given us, apparently that's not enough. We see all these other people that have these things. They have someone to tell them what to do. We want that. We don't want to come before you, God, and have you cherish, you know, cherish us. We don't want to come before you, God, and answer our, our prayer request. We don't want to come before you, God, and answer our, just you know, have you continuously give us many blessings in our lives. We want somebody that's going to tell us what to do and then take most of what we do to, to work for. Hmm. Sound familiar? 
I don't like to get political up here, but does it sound familiar? Because April 15th is not a good day. So, God has always made a pathway to have a relationship with Him. But the relationship with God is under His circumstances, His conditions, because God is holy and we are not. God sets the parameters. It's our job to say, God, yes, you are holy. You are my God. I trust you. I accept your parameters. And we are to follow him because the plans that, we, that he has for us are just nothing that we could ever dream of. I know a lot of people in this room. I've been with this church now for going on 16 years. And I've, I've built some relationships with people in this room. And I know the stories a lot of you have in your lives. Stories of things God has done for you because you have a relationship with Him. And to the person, I could, I could walk up to you, I could have you come up here and tell your story, and every one of them would be, did you think God would do that for you? And the answer would be no. God did not only what I asked for, He did exceedingly more. Look at Tim and Andreas. Jen sitting here, Jennifer, free from cancer. Sickness, relationships, hurt, all of that healed by God. There's story after story after story after story in here. And it's that, it's that relationship with God that makes that possible. And that relationship with God, if we're going to go throughout our lives, if we're going to be Christians, it, even if you're not a Christian, it helps. But if, even if you're not a Christian... The relationships you have will be hard if you don't have God to guide you in the direction of those. Because let me tell you something. Dealing with people is hard. Because we are some ignorant things when we want to be. I say we because I'm in that. When I go sideways, I go sideways. It's fun to watch. <coughs> so when we... When we do our thing with God, am I on that? Okay. Before we go anywhere, we have to have that relationship with God. Because that is the building block of everything. Because then we go into relationships with each other. And there's a model for that. There's a model for that relationship. Because we just saw that from the beginning of time, God created everything to be a relationship with Him. And, and our, our relationship with God should reflect our relationships here on earth. The relationship, the one-on-one -on -one prayer time that we have with God, the one-on-one -on -one daily prayer time, the one-on-one -on -one study time where we look at God's Word and we bring it into ourselves, we should reflect that into each and every relationship we have with people. And like I said, I'm not talking about marital. I'm not talking about boyfriend-girlfriend. I'm talking about with the people you interact with. I'm talking about with everything that we do in our life. Because Scripture is very clear here. <clears throat> and this is Jesus talking. They tried to test Jesus, and they said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body, 
your relationship with God first. That's the first and the greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I like me. I get up every morning and I like being me. Because there's not another one like me and thank God there's not. And see, I accept that because I know. <laughs> I'm self-aware. I know. Okay? So, here, here it's saying, God, Jesus himself is coming down and he's saying exactly what we're talking about here. Jesus is saying, first, before you can do anything, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body. Right? You have to have that personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. And the second is we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. We are sent here to build relationships amongst the world. And I'm going to plagiarize at this part in my, my sermon. Because I was listening to Dr. Stanley this week. And this, the podcast that he gave was just right on point with what I'm talking about. And I'm going to take an excerpt out of, his, out of his sermon that he delivered. If God wanted to... If God wanted to, he could take his finger and he could write in the sky, in the heavens, in fiery letters, the gospel. He could write everything there is about scripture and what we need to do and who we need to follow. He could write it up there in every language, every tongue, every iteration, where every person on the earth could understand it immediately. He could do that, right? Because he's God. But that's not God's plan. God's plan is for us. We are God's plan. There is no plan B. There is no plan C. We are God's plan. So what are you doing with that? God has designed you to take His Word. Scripture is very clear in the, in the, great, you know, um, the great Commission where Jesus said, Go and make disciples of all nations, right? That is the plan. Us. We are to take God's Word and go out into the nations. But how are we going to take God's Word if we don't have a relationship with God? How are we going to take God's Word and give it to somebody if we don't understand it ourselves? How are we going to take God's Word and bring somebody in to being a one-on-one -on -one follower with Jesus if we don't have that in our heart? We have to have that. Because we cannot build a relationship, uh, any type of relationship with anybody if we don't have that love of God in our heart first. And I'm going to pause right here. I promised my wife I was not going to do any surprises this week, by the way. <laughs> <coughs> when uh, Pastor George, when he was doing the, the series and he had uh, the, the married couples come up and talk about that, Jimmy and I talked about that after. We both thought about the same thing and we, we forgot to say it. In our marriage, we talked about how long we'd been together, and we just celebrated 30 years, y'all know, and she's so lucky, and, but we talked about this afterward, and the first half of our marriage, we did not have God in our marriage. We did not have God in our lives, and when we look back on our life together, that first half of our marriage was hard.
We were hard on each other. We were, it, everything was just hard. It was difficult. It was a struggle. But struggles and, and difficulty are going to happen, right? The problem is, is when you don't have God, that peace, that comfort that comes with God, that relationship with God, the troubles, the problems, they intensify. I can honestly say, and I know my wife will say the same thing, since we've invited God into our life and in our marriage, we've had some struggles, we've had some hiccups, but we, we've had more comfort and more peace in our lives with those because we have God to fall back on instead of trying to figure it out ourselves. That's what God does in your relationships. Whoop. See here running my mouth and I timed out. So <laughs> All right. I'll deal with y'all later. All right. So back back to the message here. So it's it's two things. Love the love the Lord your God. Then we love each other. We love each other like we love ourselves. Okay. Everybody here loves themselves. They should like themselves a little bit. Just a little bit. The way you feel about yourself is the way you should treat everybody else that you get around. Whether they're a believer or not. Especially, especially if they're not a believer. Because nobody is going to want to come to follow God if you get around them as an angry little chinchilla all the time. Yeah. Nobody wants to see you come up and saying, I'm a follower, I'm a believer. Woo, man, life sucks. Oh, it's so hard. Oh my gosh, what am I doing today? Oh my gosh, why do I have to get up and do this? You get up and you do everything with a joyful spirit. You do everything that you do for the love of God. Everything that you do in your life, you're not doing it for you, you're doing it for God. And if you show that, if you do that with everybody you're around, they're going to be like, hey, I want a piece of that. I want to do that. I want to be with you doing that. If we did that in our daily lives every single day, oh my goodness. We'd have to have six services a day here every week. Every week. We would not be able to pull. I mean, we would not be able to do anything but have service in this church every day, every week. Because people would want a piece of that. Word's starting to get out. Word's starting to get out that this church, we follow God. We have a relationship with God. We follow what God teaches us. You come here, we're going to love you. We're going to build you up. But we're also going to ask you to be a part of it. Amen. Amen. So buckle in. It gets fun. <laughs> now, whoa. I, thought it was, I thought it was real cool that last week Pastor touched on this, on this verse that I already had ready to go. Here is the model that Christ set down for us. Here is what we are supposed to do. Philippians 2, 5, 8. In your relationships with one another... Have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Right there. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as God. The same mindset as the God who loved us so much that He stepped out of the glories of heaven and He came down here and He built a pathway so that you and I and anybody else we interact with 
now has a way to glory. Not through butchering cows and bulls and rams and doves and birds and this, that, and the other, but through that one-on-one, personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And here's what he says. The same mindset as Jesus Christ, who in the, in the beginning, in the very nature, God did not consider equality with God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and by becoming obedient to death, death even on a cross. There's our model. If you want to follow God's plan, what does it tell you to do? He's God. He didn't use His Godship to His own advantage here on earth. He didn't use it to make Himself rich. He didn't use it to make Himself comfortable. He used it to save us. He made Himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. We are called to be Christians to serve. We are called to serve the one and only true God. We are to serve His wishes that He has for our lives. The things that God has for me is not the things God has for you. What I do is not what you do. You do what God calls you to do, but you do it with a humble spirit. What does it say? He found himself in appearance as a man, and he humbled himself. Folks, let me tell you something. For God to come down and step out of the glories of heaven and to take on the form of us, pure out one-on-one sinners, that is humbling. That is just horrible to think of. A lot of us in here have been on mission trips. And we've been to areas, Pastor talked about it, where they went to the, in Nicaragua, they go to the dump, where people are literally digging tunnels in heaps of trash to find things. Now, most of us in here would think that's beneath us to do that. We wouldn't do that. But I want you to look at the correlation. That's what God did for us. He stepped out of heaven. He came out of the glories of heaven. He came into this world that is a trash heap and he got in the middle of it. He got himself dirty. He got himself nasty. And along with that, he got himself tortured, brutalized, disfigured, bloodied, and then humiliated by being nailed on a, on a piece of wood and left there to die. But he did that for you and for me so that each and every one of us could then have that not go to the Holy of Holies, not go to another man to talk to God for you. He did that so each and every one of us, Gentiles, had a pathway to go home to heaven one day, to stand in the presence of God, look God in the face and say, I love you. Amen. <clears throat> because the form that we have now we cannot look on the face of God because we are sinful. We cannot look on the face of God without dying because we are sinful creatures. Now, Scripture says that those sins are forgiven by the blood of that one sacrifice. But I want you to think about what that sacrifice was. 
Not just the, the sacrifice here on earth. The sacrifice by stepping out of heaven. Giving up for that time the Trinity existed. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And all the way back in Genesis, you can see Jesus was called the Word. Because in John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning, the Word was with God. Right? The, in, that, in that passage, the term Word is capitalized. That means it's a proper name. That's Jesus. Jesus was with God. So Jesus had to give up a relationship that we can't even imagine with God the Father, with God the Holy Spirit. That intimate relationship was severed for a period of time when he took on the world's sins. He had to take it all on himself for us. He had to give that up for us. And he did so willingly. Now, God is God. He now sits at the right hand of the Father, waiting for the Father to say, go get my children. <clears throat> but it was because of that sacrifice, because until then, the nation of Israel was the only people on the planet that had a pathway to God. They, are, they were and are and will always be God's chosen people. That's, that's Scripture. God says it, so be it. I accept that. However, because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit now sits on the earth. And for all of those who come to know God, all of those who come to say, you are my God, you are my Savior, you are my King, I don't need another man to lead me, I lead, you lead me in everything that I do. The Holy Spirit comes into your heart and it leads you. And you then, you, me, we have a personal, one-on-one, -on -one, direct, red phone line, bat phone, whatever you want to say, direct line to God Himself. All you have to do is pick it up and talk. All you have to do is say, God, I need you. And that's what we're here for, folks. We're not here specifically to do all these other things that we do. We're here to commune with God. And by communing with God, we take what God gives us. He gives us whatever talent He gives you, whatever gift He gives you, whatever words, knowledge He gives you, He gives it to you to go build a relationship with somebody that's going to spread His Word through the four corners of the earth. That's what we're here for. That's it. And I, I want to tell you how, how I take that heart in my personal life. All of you know I run a food truck, right? I, over the last six months, I've shut my window, and I've had people come in, and I've prayed with them because they come up and they've got a problem. I would rather lose money than to turn someone away who needs prayer. Because that's what I'm there for. I love cooking, I love serving people, but I love telling people about Jesus more than any of that. Amen. I love trying to give people the comfort that Jesus gives me more than any of that. That's what God wants you to do. No matter what you're doing in your life, never, ever pass up the opportunity to get to know somebody 
Because the more you get to know somebody, the more they understand how much you're not just putting on a front. You actually care what they think. You actually care what they say. You're actually listening to what their needs are. That's when the relationship starts. Remember, I told y'all before, you can tell somebody anything you want to tell them. Remember, I weigh 150 pounds. I can tell you that all day. doesn't make it true. It's the actions I take. It's the actions that I do that tell you I'm a believer. If I'm a believer, I'm going to stop what I'm doing to pray with you. If I'm a believer, I'm going to listen to your needs and I'm going to do whatever I can do to meet those needs. And let me, let me explain to you one more thing before we close out. Just how important and critical every relationship you make in your life is. Uh, Pastor touched on it about Hugo getting his prosthetic leg in, in El Salvador, right? Let me tell you how that came about. When I came back, I, I hit Google and I Googled all, I mean, I probably sent out, you know, 20 emails to, to different organizations looking for help. Came into church and I was talking to some people about it and they said, hey, go, go talk to Amy because she works at Ortho Atlanta. Well, Brad and Amy came in. I went and talked to them, explained to them, and Amy's like, well, I'll go talk to these. Well, Brad said, hold on. I know a guy. <clears throat> it was a guy that he went to grade school with, lost contact with him all over the years. How long ago was your back surgery? 2010. So in 2010, Brad had to have back surgery. That's a bad day. Trust me. Had the same surgery. <laughs> Not good. Well, he was in there getting fitted with his brace after the surgery, and, the, and guess who walked in? His grade school buddy that he hadn't met, hadn't seen in, since grade school. Well, he's in, he's in orthopedics. He's, he, he comes in, and he fits Brad with his brace. Brad says, well, let me, let me call him and tell him what's going on. Well, the next day, his friend Scott calls me. We have a conversation. I explain to him what's going on, and we, we go through all of Hugo's information, and at the end of it, I, I told him, I said, what we're looking for is, is someone who can get him the, the mechanism and we'll do fundraising, whatever it takes, and we'll do that. Cool. So at the end of it, I said, you know, he said, okay, we can help you. We can help you. We can take care of this. I said, okay, I need, a, I need an estimate on the dollar amount. He says, no, you don't understand. We're going to pay for the leg. We're going to pay for the shipping, and we're going to send all the stuff down there and get this taken care of. All that was done because Brad had to have back surgery. Even when you go through the roughest, worst times of your life, the relationships that God puts in there are relationships that can change your life and the world. I will say this. I love doing what I do, but you know why I'm, why I'm running a food truck now? Cancer. I had a good job. I've always had a good job in project management, but I had cancer. I lost my job. We had to figure out what we were going to do. That cute little thing in the back, she said, why don't you just shut up and do this? She'd been wanting to do it forever. <laughs> so that's what I do now. And I'm, I'm happier than I've ever been in my life doing what I love to do, doing what God has gifted me to do. 
And God keeps opening doors for me and building relationships with different people and things are awesome. Now, I'm not saying it's not work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> oh, my Lord, it's a lot of work. But it's fun. Because I get to do what God wants me to do. And from the day I became a Christian, when I told God, you take my life and you do with it as you please, I was serious. And let me go ahead and say this to everybody in the room. When you turn your life over to God and you give God the permission to do with you as he pleases, you better strap in tight. Because God is going to do some amazing, some wonderful, some hard, some difficult things with you. But he's going to do all those things to benefit you and his glory, his plan, what he wants, not what you want. Because if you'll get out of God's way, the things that come into your life will be astounding, mind-blowing. There will be things that you could never, ever in the, in the history of the world dream that God could do for you. But you have, to get, you have to do that in faith. So, once again, timed out. So I want to close out with this. Where'd it go, Ray? There it is. To have meaningful, meaningful relationships with each other in the world, we must first have a relationship with God. There are people that, that are going to come into your life. They'll be good friends. They'll be good acquaintances. But if you're going to have a meaningful I'm talking one-on-one, -on -one, intimate, personal, life-changing relationship with anybody. It has to start with God. Because if you don't have that, if you don't have God in your life, when the trouble starts, you're going to have nowhere to go. You're going to have no answers. Because the trouble will come. If you doubt that, let's go back to what Jesus went through. Jesus was God. He is God. He was murdered. He was beaten. He was humiliated. He was shamed. He was spit on. He was hit with rocks, fruit, stones, whips. Everywhere he went, he performed miracle after miracle. He cured the sick, lame, lame, lame and lazy. Got them all. And they killed him anyway. So what makes you think life's going to be easy on you? However, the flip side to that is God's promise. You follow me. Life will be hard, but I'm going to get you through it. You follow me. Life's going to be difficult, but there's going to be some awesome mountaintops. And at the end of your life, when you've done everything I've called you to do, I'm going to invite you into a home that I've made specifically for you to where you'll be in my presence 24-7. You'll be in my presence with no sickness, no hurt, no pain, no sorrow, no darkness. You'll be with me, worshiping me every day. That's our promise. That's our end game.
That's what God has for each and every one of us. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for me. And I've said this before many, many times. If you are not a follower and believer of Jesus, I can't make you one. <clears throat> All I can tell you is that I am. God is in my life. God is going to stay in my life. And I'm going home one day. Amen. I'm going with or without you. One way or another, I'm getting there. I'm going without you if you don't want to believe, but I'm going. I want to take you with me. But there's only one way there. Relationship with God. So right now, before we go any further, I want us to pray. And if you have not entered into a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, I want to invite you. I want to ask you and beg you to consider that God is the great I am. What He has in mind for you is better than you can ever imagine. And all He wants is for you to be His child. So if you have not entered into that relationship, I want to give you the opportunity now. <clears throat> Father God, we come before you. And God, there may be those here who, who don't know you on a personal level. So God, we invite those. And as we've said many times, God, it's not magic. It's your heart's desire. It's a simple matter of saying, God, I can't do this without you. So it's a simple prayer just like this. Father God, I invite you into my heart. Father God, I ask you to take over my life. I believe you are the one and only true God. I believe that you stepped out of the glories of heaven. You died a cruel death on Calvary's cross, but you rose again on the third day. You conquered death, hell, and the grave for me. So God, I accept that and I ask you into my life. I ask you to be the Lord, my King, my Savior, and guide me in everything that I do. And I ask that with everything in me. Now, if you've never prayed that prayer, if you've never accepted God into your life, it's life-changing. It's mind and body altering. If you've never done that, it's the first time you've done that, I would ask you to put your hand up, put it right back down, so I can pray for you. Anybody. Thank you. Now I ask the rest of you, are you strengthening your relationship with God? Are you building that relationship with one another in God's name, not in your name? As Christians, what are we doing with it? So Father, I pray for renewed strength in each and every one of us that we would go out into the world, we would go into our communities, we would go to our homes and strengthen the relationships that you've gifted us with. Build them up, God. Make them what you want them to be, not what we want them to be. God, make me who you want me to be, not what I want to be. And Father God, I ask all these things. I pray all these things. 
And Lord, I beg these in the precious name of Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Amen.